is a, this is Tom Capone, and this is Spoilers Alerts, and we are welcoming everybody, our listeners, to episode number six of the Oceanside High School Soccer Reunion with our very special guest today, Tom Brodsky. So, Tom, I'm so glad you can join me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Tom. And this is Tom. It's not Jerry, right? Because you guys do sound alike. This, this is Tom. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Tom, you and I had a chance to uh, talk the other day in preparation for episode six today, and we covered a lot. And I hope we're able to replicate the, uh, the great conversation we had the other day for our listening audience. So why don't we begin where we began the other day and just talk a little bit about your connection to the Long Island Championship soccer team from 50 years ago. What was your connection to that team and uh, things that you remember about uh, your experiences being on that team? Uh, well, I certainly wasn't a star on the team. I was kind of near the end of the bench and uh, just really enjoyed being part of the group of guys. It was a terrific team and we had terrific athletes and we had a coach that a little unusual in his coaching ways and that he didn't have this, you know, certain strategies, but he just knew how to play his guys. And, you know, the whole thing ended up in county championship and Long Island championship. You can't ask for more than that. So it was a thrill for me, and especially because um, I was very young. Um, I, I graduated Oceanside at 16, but I didn't realize until Jerry had called me about the soccer reunion. I started thinking back, uh, geez, you know, 50 years, and I forgot that soccer was in the fall. And I actually was on the team. I was 15 years old. And I, I just, it kind of boggled my mind that I was that young, um, but again, it was all part of the thrill of being part of this championship team that, you know, certainly stayed with me for 50 years. So, so it, it was 50 years ago. But can you uh, describe the emotion? I mean, when the final whistle blew and Oceanside High School, the Sailors uh, became the Long Island championship team. Uh, can you describe the, the feeling that you, you felt at th that time with the experience of, of winning the championship? Um. It's an interesting question, uh, you know, trying to think back. And there's, there's a lot of uh, spaces in the memory going back 50 years. And listening to Steve Spitz's podcast, I, I understand what he meant by I remember certain things. I can't remember other things. And I remember certain things about the game. And I remember the it, just an unbelievable relief at winning. I, um, I, you know, I mentioned at one point that I remember being on the bus when we first pulled up. And I saw the Longwood players get out and there's little me in the window of the bus and these guys are filing by and they look like giants to me. And I said, how the heck are we going to win this game? And mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was just an incredible, I don't know if you call it an upset win by any means, but um, just an incredible, incredible feeling. And, and, and it's, it's the highlight of, of me being involved in something at that level at a championship level that, uh, you know, that part certainly stayed with me forever. That part you can't forget. Tom, when the season began, and it probably began uh, in, in August for everybody when you started uh, working out with the team, right. at that point, was there any talk or any feel that there was an expectation of this team to go all the way? Or did it just come, come out of nowhere? Did it just evolve during the course of the season? What was the feeling at the beginning? Well, in, in my mind, I don't know if I could put, a, uh, put my thumb on the pulse of what everybody was thinking. But we had come from a few county championships in prior years. So we knew there was some history there that 
uh, the backgrounds of a lot of the guys having played with uh, Joe Goldbergs and Jim Montana and all, all those and all those leagues when we were young, we were certainly qualified to get that far. So I think there was an expectation that we were going to keep that going. And if I remember correctly, this was the first Long Island Championship game since World War II or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal that you can end the season being at that level. So I think I think Artie Wright probably had an expectation that we could do it, having um, put two two at least two county championship teams prior to that. This game was played at Adelphi University, if I remember correctly. I think that's correct. Yeah, and um, the feeling before the game—I mean, the, the size of the crowd, the excitement, the electricity—I mean, do you, do you remember all that also? I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could, you know, um, it, it's again, uh, you know, I go back to what I said before. We knew the importance of the game and how big a game it was, you know, when you get into some of these games, I, I played at a very high level of lacrosse in college. And, you know, you, you're, when you get on the field, you, go, you don't notice the crowd. You're intense in the game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, not having played much on the soccer team, um, you know, I, did, I wasn't as into it in terms of playing the game. And when I did get to experience those kind of feelings and when it became important, you got to really um, kind of take care of details out on the field. You just didn't even think about the crowd. You just had to play your game. And sure, when Tony Higgins ran 50 yards down the field to catch that guy, he wasn't thinking whether there was a thousand people in the crowd or just his parents in the crowd. You know, it's, um, right. you know, you're just into the game. And then so all, come, all kind of lets out at the end, you know, when they, when they blow the final whistle. It sure does. But let me ask you this. Hearing you talk about your experience, not only as a soccer player, but you, you played lacrosse and you wrestled. Um, but you, you extended your you know, connection to organized athletics through college as well at Duke University. Correct. Um, do you draw upon any of those experiences as an athlete in high school and through college? Um, did you draw upon that? as you grew up and as you became a, um, you know, a member of the workforce, did, did you find examples of something that you took from your experiences as a, as, as an athlete that helped you, you know, beyond? Um, well, you, you got a couple of questions there, really. Um, mm-hmm. When I was on the soccer team, I, like I said before, I kind of last guy in the bench. I was, I don't remember how tall I was, maybe five, three or something. I wrestled 120. Um, and then when I went to college and, and played lacrosse, I just grew. I grew to like 5'10", 175. And I was starting on the team as a freshman. I played all four years on the varsity. And I had a, a pretty good career. But, you know, I had a few things that happened to me in the college in the college lacrosse thing that kind of came from my experiences in the soccer team, having been not one of the stars and one of the, one of the guys included being just feeling gratified to be part of the group. Um, when I was playing lacrosse in college, you know, you, you look back and now here I'm one of the starters and there are, there are scrubs on, on my lacrosse team too. And how I reacted to them knowing I had been that in college and I, I kind of know how to react to them. I, I even, I had a, like a 45th um, lacrosse reunion at Duke. And mm-hmm. one of the guys came up to me who I remembered and he was not one of the better plays. He hadn't scored a goal all year. And he's telling me this story that we were in a game 
And I had a breakaway and I had the ball and I'm going one-on-one the goalie and he was running kind of with me. And he said, Tom, I never scored a goal in lacrosse. You passed me the ball when you could have scored. And I scored my only college goal. And I said, I have no recollection of that happening, but thank you for reminding me of it. And I guess inside, I, you know, it was, it was those feelings that, you know, everybody's part of the team and I kind of, you know, I grew from that. So um, that, that experience kind of helped me in college. Tom, that, that's a great story. And I think it also speaks to why I think that these podcasts might be so important to the members of the team. Uh, everybody had a, a very, you know, similar experience being members of the team, a shared experience. Right. But there are things that you may hold on to and remember that others have not. Mm-hmm. And, and sharing it the way that we are through these podcasts or giving others some insights that they otherwise, you know, would not have had. So it, that's, that's a great example of why I think that these are uh, an, an important opportunity for us to share these experiences. And, you know, sports, sports is a great equalizer. I always thought it might, when I have two girls, they're in their thirties now and they played sports too. And I always said to them, it's the great equalizer. You, you, you're born, you, you, you grow into a team, you become part of a team, you have built in friends, you have people who support you, there's people you can support. And I think it's a great way of growing up. And I, I think it helped mold them into, you know, the, good kids, they're 30 years old, but they're good kids that they are today um, and having their own children and, and part of the same thing on that show. Team sports and especially a team like that where you get you get a chance to win a championship. It's, it's just a thing when you're growing up. So I, I think that that is something that we all, you know, find connections to the sports that we take part in and things that are takeaways for us. Right. Um, is there a particular memory? This is a question that I've asked each of the others uh, during these podcasts, is there a particular memory that you have of uh, Coach Wright? Anybody who's played for him knows that it was um, very special to be a part of his team and to play for him. Is there something that you can share that either you know is consistent with what others others had to say, or is there something different that you have in terms of a memory for of yeah, Artie Wright? It's probably a memory um, because again, not having played that much and. You know, Coach Wright really didn't have a lot of reason to uh, yell at me or offer me um, encouragement or anything like that. Um, but I, I do remember, and, I, and I, he knew my brother too. My brother was on the, let's see, he was 68. So he was on the 66 team. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he wasn't a star either, but he played. Um, but the funny, the, the, the funny memories that you have, and for whatever reason, it sticks out to me. And some of the guys have mentioned this about Coach Wright's personality. Um, he had a real wit, a real sarcastic wit about him. And I remember, and I just like, it boggles my mind here too, that I remember this. I think it was Ron Petraka. I remember it was a, an outside, a wing running down the field in a game, right side. Um, he has the ball, he's dribbling it down to the end. You, you just know he's going to cross the ball and he just keeps dribbling terms of right over the end line. And, and coach <laughs> Wright yells at him, son, you'd be great on an aircraft carrier. And you try, and you're envisioning this, you know, the running to the end of an aircraft carrier, falling off into the sea, and he did, and he looks at looks at us in the uh, on the bench, you know, and we're like, oh my god, you know, racking up. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody heard it on the field, and I don't know if, if it was Ron, I don't know if he heard it, but that was sort of his sarcastic sense of humor. Um, that that is vintage Artie Wright. Yeah, that that's kind of what it was. So um, yeah. that's one of the you know kind of the off 
field sort of things that I do remember. Did you have coach right as a, um, a phys ed teacher also? Um, I'm trying to remember. You know, I, <laughs> I had I had three different coaches for three different teams, and mm-hmm. I, I think coach Coach Jan, Coach Janizewski might have been my phys ed teacher. You know, we had Kesnick there with Coach Hay, uh, Coach Malamo. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Frank Dapolito was there. Um, trying to, I, I mean. I just don't remember who my phys ed teacher was. Right. Um, yeah. The reason I ask is because having Coach Wright as a phys ed teacher was just, um, you know, everybody in, in that phys ed class at one point or another got paddled by Coach Wright. Oh. Whether, whether he thought you deserved it or not, everybody was, you know, at that end of, of, of getting paddled for whatever reason. And, and everybody wore it as a badge of honor that they got paddled by Coach Wright. That's the kind of... Uh, coach he was but can you, he, he, can you imagine that that happened today it's a very different world today oh, that's my, for oh, sure. oh my goodness yeah. but everybody you know like i said they wore it as a badge of honor that they got paddled by coach Wright. Oh. so he was a special kind of guy he really was well if i did get paddled i don't remember yeah <laughs> um so tom talk a little bit about uh maybe um after you graduated from duke um your career your family Sure. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Um, I graduated and really did what I wanted to do and speaking to my father and he said, why don't you, he had a business, but I really didn't want to go into his business. I didn't feel it was right. And he said, you're always good with math. Why don't you become an accountant? So I ended up going to graduate school, got my MBA and became a CPA. And I did that for about 10 years. And my, uh, by that time, I was married. Uh, I married a girl from uh, Hewlett, uh, Woodmere. And her father had a business. It's the fastener business, which screws nuts and bolts. And he had three daughters. He had no, uh, nobody to follow in his footsteps on his side of the family. And he had a partner who had a son who was going to follow in his footsteps. So we talked, and I ended up coming into the business. And here I am 34 years later and uh, running the business. So that's where I am. We're based out of Queens and I live in Merrick. I've been living in Merrick for 36 years now, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things, one of the things that you shared uh, with me from when we spoke um, was that you went to school number one. Yes. In Oceanside. There, there are six elementary schools, um, but there was a, a school number one, which was, I forget how many years ago it was torn down. Correct. And yeah. and in that place now is what's called Schoolhouse Green. It's correct. It's a, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful area for the community to come and gather. And there are many different types of uh, events that take place there. But it was a beautiful old school. Do you have any memories of school one that you could share? Um, boy, we're really going back here. The only <laughs> the, the only thing I remember I, I remember. I actually remember the principal's name of all things, but, um, and I remember. What the, was the principal's uh, name? Uh, uh, Dr. Lasher. I, I don't remember his mm-hmm. first name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was across from the Salamander Firehouse, which is still there. Uh, the right. one, thing, one thing I do remember, which really has kind of affected my entire life, not in a bad way, it just had an effect on my life. But um, in second grade, uh, my mother had heard that they were skipping some kids. They wanted to try an experimental program. And they were taking six kids, kids to skip from second to fourth grade. 
uh, what did I know in second grade? My mother says, you're going into second grade, and then the next thing you know, you're going to be in fourth grade. My mother was an educator and thought it was a good thing. So uh, I ended up going into whatever, sitting at a table, our own table with six kids, uh, doing the same thing. And the year was, oh, we learned second and third grade together and ended up in fourth grade. We skipped the whole third grade. Um, and that's kind of the reason for the most part uh, which kind of added on to my birthday being December 1st, the beginning of the school year. So I, mm-hmm. how I became so young, not in anything that I did, but it just turned out that way. Um, you know, being so young at, at the time yeah. of the, of the soccer championships, I'm 15 years old. I was, you know. Right. One of the things that I, I remember about um, that school in particular, the gym, do you know what I'm going to say about the gym? What was different about any other school in Oceanside? I have no idea. If you remember, the, the gym had a like a balcony that went around the entire perimeter of the gym, and you could sit in that balcony area looking down into the gym. Do you remember that? Tom, I am looking into the recesses of my mind. <laughs> I'm trying to pull those pictures. I, I can't. I don't remember. I, I don't know how I remember that, but I can see it very vividly, the, the gym at uh, school number one and i remember being very disappointed when they knocked that school down it was just a beautiful old building yeah um, but it, it is what it is yeah one of the originals yep um so the the reunion is coming up tom so um i know that we're all looking forward to that and you've had an opportunity to hear from uh some of the guys who were part of the, the podcast have you had an opportunity to reach out or to speak to anybody else who you haven't spoken to in a while yet uh as we approach the reunion I haven't. Um, I'm probably going to contact Steve Spitz. We were we were actually best friends in, um, I guess, the end of elementary school going into junior high school. And we had a, a small group and he was, we were like best friends. We were at the, each other's house all the time. And um, so I probably call Steve. Uh, I did email him back and forth and we have talked and um you know, it would be good to relive that that sort of memory. And it was it was that was kind of a, an, an unusual time. If anybody remembers, um, I don't remember exactly what year, but I think it was going into sixth grade. They redistricted the schools, and mm-hmm. I'm going to school one, and then they they drew the new line right down the middle of my block, like parallel yeah. to the block. So across the street, all of a sudden, those kids were going to one school, and I was going to another. So I ended up going to school four and then going to Boardman from there, Boardman uh, Junior High. Mm-hmm. So right. I, had to, I had to make a whole new set of friends. And where Steve lived, which is the old Wedgwood Park, I don't know if they still call it that, by Middle Bay Golf Course, all those kids, I don't know where they were going, but all of a sudden they're going to school four. So mm-hmm. it kind of changed a lot of friendships. Um, right. And that's where I met uh, Steve for the first time and then uh, going to Boardman Junior High. So, so Steve well, yeah. Yeah. There was a rivalry that existed between uh, Boardman and Merle Avenue. Yeah, I, I heard the stories on that. I don't remember the infamous game that everybody's referring to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to wait for the reunion to get a little bit more of the details. Pro- there seemed to be a lot of, uh, what's the word, enmity there between Boardman guys and the Merle yeah. Avenue guys. But uh, yeah. that's just, I just don't remember that part of it. Well, Tom, the uh, the reunion is going to be here before you know it, and it's going to give me an opportunity to finally meet uh, a number of the guys I've had a pleasure of talking to through these podcasts. And I certainly look forward to to meeting you and to uh, being a part of that celebration. So it'll be here before we know it. 
Yep. So I, I thank you for being a part of uh, episode number six and have spoilers alerts as we uh, look ahead to the Oceanside High School soccer reunion. Well, I appreciate you including me. Uh, Tom, you're doing a great job. Uh, this is this is unbelievable. And I, I did mention to you before I was, you know, I was kind of, well, should I go? Should I not go? Uh, you know, wasn't in this, the social group uh, with all the seniors and the top players and all those guys know each other and they're sharing stories. But as I saw the emails and as I saw all the pictures, you know, we all grow, growing old together and, um and hearing everybody talk about their experiences again, it got me kind of psyched up just to, just to want to be involved and come back and uh, see everybody. And so I'm, I thank you for doing this. I think, you know, if Jerry's listening, when the podcast comes on, uh, you know, I thank Jerry for really uh, going full bore on this. His, his energy um, is contagious. He really has uh, generated a lot of interest in the, in the reunion. And I think that that's going to result in a great time, uh, and that'll be evidenced by the numbers of people who are going to be there. So we're, we're yep. all looking forward to it. And, and I, I do, you know, appreciate the amount of time and energy he's putting into it. But as I said, I think it's contagious and, and everybody is energized by this. And uh, I know that we're all looking forward to it. Yep. Um, looking forward to seeing everybody in November, if not before, for any reason. So. Very yep. good. All right, Tom. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you soon. Oh, okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, Tom.